أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها النبي إذا طلقتم النساء فطلقوهن لعدتهن وأحصل عدة واتقوا الله ربكم لا تخرجوهن من بيوتهن ولا يخرجن إلا أن يأتين بفاحشة مبينة وتلك حدود الله ومن يتعد حدود الله فقد ظلم نفسه لا تدري لعل الله يحدث بعد ذلك أمرا فإذا بلغن أجلهن فأمسكوهن بمعروف أو فارقوهن بمعروف وأشهدوا ذوى عدل منكم وأقيموا الشهادة لله ذلكم يوعظ به من كان يؤمن بالله واليوم الآخر ومن يتق الله يجعل له مخرجا ويرزقه من حيث لا يحتسب ومن يتوكل على الله فهو حسبه إن الله بالغ أمره قد جعل الله لكل شيء قدرا رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري واحلل عقدة من لساني يفقه قولي فالحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ثم ما بعد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته إن شاء الله today uh, we hope to do a few things we hope to finish um, the 28th juz and start the 29th juz hopefully we can get up to Surah Al-Qalam uh, today and we're starting with the last two ayat of the, or the last two surahs of the series of Madani surahs that we've been going through this is the last major chunk of Madani Quran in the Quran and Surah Al-Talaq and Surah Al-Tahreem are the last two members of that group from here from Surah Al-Mulk all the way till the end of the Mus'haf pretty much with some differences of opinion but really almost unanimously we're looking at Meccan Quran and in this uh, surah uh, this Surah Al-Talaq it is actually very thematically very connected to the next surah Surah Al-Tahreem they both deal with matters of marriage and matters of uh, you know relationship between husband and wife one the one we're dealing with now, I'll explain the relationship between them when we get to Surah Al-Tahreem more. But for now, I just want you to know the previous surah opened this subject. The seed was planted in Surah Al-Taghabun. إِنَّ مِنْ أَزْوَاجِكُمْ وَأَوْلَادِكُمْ عَدُوًا لَكُمْ فَاحْذَرُوهُمْ إِنَّمَا أَمْوَالُكُمْ وَأَوْلَادِكُمْ فِتْنَةً it was an idea that your, your family can be an enemy to you. And a question is raised because it's left ambiguous. How can your family become an enemy to you? How can your spouse and your children become an enemy for you? How, how are you supposed to watch out for them? It was left open-ended. Even though the same surah did told us not to hate on our families because they are like, like any other enemy. You know, uh, same, same ayah actually, not even a separate ayah. If they're, if they're your enemies, then you have to lovingly pardon them, cover for them, ask you know, forgiveness for them. There was this ethic given in marital relationships. But this surah deals with a very powerful reality about marriage, that marriage sometimes comes to an end. Talaq happens. Talaq is a, you know, a bad word in many Muslim communities. It's a, it's a reality of life. It's a social reality. And the word talaq itself uh, you know, comes from the, the original of talaqa is to release. It's release. And it's release of two inseparable things. They can't be held together anymore. So itlaq, for example, is also used when shooting an arrow. And in modern Arabic, it's used when you shoot a gun, like itlaqun nar. When a, when, a, when a bullet is shot, and the ancient meaning is tied to that, actually, is when two things can no longer be held together, there's too much tension, and one is released. So this idea of release, and then as a release, the separation, this is talaq. This is at the root origin of the word. The uh, opinion of Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu among others is that this surah was revealed almost immediately after Surah Al-Baqarah. Surah Al-Baqarah is the other place in the Qur'an where divorce law is mentioned in some detail. Divorce law actually, is a few passages are dedicated 
to the, the principles, the early principles of divorce law. There were some questions that remained unanswered, and this surah answers those outstanding questions. So that's one of the shari'i benefits, the legal doctrine benefits of surah uh, at-talaq. The other thing also is, you know, in these surahs, in these musabihat, marital issues have come sprinkled in between community life and the struggle of the, the cause of the ummah. So for instance, before we saw in Surah Al-Mujadala, we saw Vihar, we saw, oh, from today on, you're no longer my wife, you are such and such and such, and that was dealt with. And now the comprehensive discussion about divorce itself, but the way it's dealt with is very unique. These two surahs, one of the things they have in common is that they both begin with Ya Ayyuhan Nabi. Right? This one begins with Ya Ayyuhan Nabi. The next surah also begins Ya Ayyuhan Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So Allah addresses the Prophet directly Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Notice the other musabbihat began with the praise of Allah. Sabbaha lillahi, yusabbihu lillahi. Some sort of praise of Allah. Or Ya Ayyuhan Ladina Amanu. You would expect Madani surahs to go the direction of Ya Ayyuhan Ladina Amanu. But this is an unusual form of a beginning. And uh, you know, what's, what makes it even more unusual in Surah Al-Talaq is that the surah begins, Ya Ayyuhan Nabi, but says immediately after, هُنَاكَ إِلْتِفَاتْ إِذَا طَلَّقْتُمُ النِّسَى طَلَّقْتُمْ فَاعِلُهُ What's the dhameer? Antum. Antum. La anta. La anta. Prophet, when, you, when all of you divorce women, so the Prophet is addressed, Ya Ayyuhan Nabi, Prophet, listen. And ayyuha is, by the way, like uslubu takrim. So the Prophet is addressed with nobility. But also ayyuha, they say that the ha, the, the ay is actually the ism or harf nida. And the ha is ha tanbih. It's to get the attention. So Prophet, listen carefully. And he's being addressed this way. But then he's told, alayhi salatu wasalam, something that actually Allah intends to say to the community. When you people divorce women, when all of you divorce women, when that happens. Now the thing is, this is one of the mercies, because if the mothers of the believers heard, Ya ayyuhan nabi, idha talaqta nisa Walam yaqul in, qal idha. You know, when you say in in Arabic, it means if you divorce, then this and this. But he says, when you divorce. Now what's the difference between if and when? When is inevitable. When is bound to happen. So Allah is already in the word idha, sharing with us that divorce is a reality. It's not like it can never happen or it might happen. It's going to happen around us. It is something that takes place. It has to be dealt with as sad, as terrible as it is, as difficult as it is, as traumatic as it can be for the husband, the wife, in some cases children, the rest of the extended family. It still is a reality that needs to be dealt with. But this transition needs to be understood still. Why not, Ya ayyuhan ladhina amanu, إِذَا طَلَّقْتُمُ النِّسَاءِ فَطَلِّقُهُنَّ لِعِدَّتِهِنَّ لَمْ يَقُلْ هَكَذَا He didn't just say, those of you who believe, when you divorce women, this is, this, this is what you're supposed to do. He began with the Prophet, Why? To highlight the unusually high priority of this hukum, this verdict, this principle. That it's addressed, obviously, everything that comes out of the Prophet's mouth, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, is coming to him and to him through him to the community. But by saying, Ya Ayyuhan Nabi, it's like he's told, this is high priority. So I'm addressing you directly, and make sure you make a real sermon out of this one. Prophet, make a real sermon out of this one to the community. They have to take this extra, extra seriously. A couple of interesting things about divorce and about marital problems when they're talked about in the Qur'an. The dominant spiritual theme that comes whenever this subject is talked about is taqwa. Whenever divorce is talked about, taqwa is talked about. The ayat, beginning of the ayat may talk about returning the mahar or paying it off or you know, letting the wife fulfill her period of feeding the child and all of that stuff. Over and over again, Allah knows what you're doing. Allah is watching. Allah has full news. Watch out. Be careful of Him. Have taqwa of Him. Over and over and over and over again. And Allah Azza wa Jal, we, we talked about before the difference between hyperbole and exaggeration, right? There is no exaggeration in the Qur'an, there's hyperbole, there's emphasis. So if Allah is emphasizing taqwa so much in the context of divorce, it means that's one of the first things to go. It disappears. When things go south in a marriage, taqwa disappears. People are not conscious of God anymore. They're not conscious of Allah, or a, a higher authority. They're just thinking about themselves or they're thinking about their rage, their anger towards, towards the other, their frustration towards the other. And so they can't think 
about this entity that's not there. You know, in, in, when, when somebody's going through problems, all they can do is think about their problems. When somebody has hatred towards somebody, lying down, sitting, standing, eating, they're just thinking about that one thing. And you could tell on their face, come on, just stop thinking about it. Just eat your food. No, I can't. She took all the money or whatever. Or something. There's that rage and it doesn't let go. So now that's why taqwa is going to be mentioned over and over again. That's actually the, the first line of medication from Allah to deal with this problem in a healthy way. If taqwa is not there, then none of this advice will go anywhere. None of this will go anywhere. And I'll highlight again, if the Prophet ﷺ is told to make a priority out of sermoning people about divorce advice, obviously the entire community is being told, إِذَا طَلَّقْتُمْ إِذَا طَلَّقْتُمْ And by the way, you know, the, the, one of the nuances of the word إِذَا in a fi'il madi that I haven't discussed with you before, is that it doesn't necessarily mean that whatever measures are being talked about, you do them when the time comes. You do them before it comes. So for example, uh, you have فَإِذَا قَرَأْتَ الْقُرْآنِ فَاسْتَعِذْ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ Actually the meaning is when you're about to read Qur'an, seek Allah's refuge. When you're about to read Qur'an, when you've made that intention, seek Allah's refuge. Okay? The, the, what I'm trying to say is you're already, before you're going to read Qur'an, you're already going to do أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ right? So this law is not just a sermon you give to somebody who walks into a counseling center and says, I'm ready to get divorced. It's supposed to be education that's supposed to be there already. It's, you're supposed to know what to do already. And that's why the Prophet is told, Sallallahu to make a point out of sermoning the people in a very high priority way. Ya ayyuhan nabi, idha talaqtumun nisa. Okay. So when you are about to divorce women, فَطَلِّقُوهُنَّ Then release them, divorce them, لِعِدَّتِهِنَّ for their, you know, from the starting point. Idda is a count. Idda is a count. And you could say that their, their period or their, their duration, their deadline. But idda is used specifically because it comes from adad. From the time when the count actually matters or starts. Which means if they're in a period of impurity, the count doesn't start. And there's a big fiqhi detail. What are the exceptions to that? I'm not qualified or willing to share with you what I've read on it because that's just not what I do. But the idea over, generally the idea is you're supposed to, you know, uh, not give your wives divorce while they're in a state of impurity. And actually some sahaba even went further that between two states of impurity, you know, between two periods of mahid, if the, the husband and wife have had relations between the two periods, even then you're not supposed to give your wife divorce. Wait till the next cycle and then let that cycle finish and then if you want to give divorce. Why? You don't know if she got pregnant. And if she got pregnant, this might change everything. Not just in terms of the legalities, but even in terms of the psychology. How can I do this? She's going to become a mother. What about my baby? How's the baby going to be raised? These new thoughts are going to come in the mind. And it might change the equation. You might learn to live with each other. You know, one of the things I can tell you from experience is the relationship between husband and wife is completely different without children and completely different with children. These are two different relationships. You're like, wow. What is that? And then you meet people that are, you know, they're married and they don't have children. They're like, mashallah, you're enjoying something called marriage, but there's something else to marriage that you don't know about yet that will happen once you have children. The dynamics of the relationship completely, completely change. It's a beautiful thing, but it's also for husbands traumatic in the beginning. <laughs> right? Because you know, now you're not, no longer the center of attention. And if you never were, then you're okay. But... <laughs> You know, but now there's somebody else that hogs all the attention. Okay? So you're not going to be, she's not going to ask if you had dinner. Because the baby just burped. So, you know. But over, over time, when that relationship matures, then you're more parents than you are husband and wife. Even though that's an important relationship. I mean, the husband-wife relationship needs to be maintained. You're not just parents. That's also a big mistake in some families. They just become parents. And they're no longer husband and wife. And they're miserable as a result. Because the only reason that the household is being held together is because of the kids. There's no, no real relationship left between the husband and the wife. That can also lead to divorce. That's a separate matter. But here, the idea is give them that deadline, leave that time be. And leave the period of impurity. Don't give them divorce at that time. The other thing also is, you know, uh, you know there are other wisdoms. 
Because you know Allah says, فَعْتَزِلُوا النِّسَاءَ فِي الْمَحِيضِ Stay away from the women in the time of their impurity. Now impure, the, the time of impurity, Allah calls it adha. Adha means pain. Literally means pain. Like you know the word we saw in Surah Al-Saf, Musa salam said, لِمَ تُؤْذُونَنِي Why do you cause me pain? That word is used for women when they are in their state of impurity. Now when any human being is in pain, is it possible that they get agitated? Or they say things they don't mean? I know I'm not easy to talk to when I'm hungry. So if I'm extra hungry, I won't go home. I'll just eat something first and then go home. Because I don't want to like, be in a bad mood with the kids. My kids, I know for a fact, like a couple of them, just develop a personality disorder if they're hungry. But they won't say they're hungry. They'll just be ag- you know, aggressive towards their siblings, irritated, start crying randomly. I was like, just eat a banana. And all of a sudden, they're normal again. They're children again. Like, it, the, it wears off. The thing is, in that state... Because you're already in a physical state of pain, when somebody's in a physical state of pain, it's understandable that they're irritable. That they may say things they don't otherwise mean. When somebody's sick, tired, exhausted, you know, one thing for sure, I mean, alhamdulillah, I have three sisters, a mom, a wife, daughters. Daughters, alhamdulillah, not yet. But I know for a fact, when my wife is exhausted, I don't know the difference between angry and tired. I can't, which one is it? I'm scared to ask, because if it's angry, then it's a bad question. It'll make her angrier. I said, tired. I'm like, why? You don't think I should be tired? (laughs) You know? But angry and tired can get crossed over. They can get crossed over. And this can make the situation worse. So that's not the time for you to say anything. That's not the time to give your wife divorce. Let the period finish. فَأَحْصُلْ عِدَّةً and keep record of the period. Keep, keep record of the time. And be cautious of Allah. Rabbakum, your master. And this is, you know, the believing community being talked to. They know who Allah is. Allah's attribute, by the way, He happens to be your master. <laughs> What's that about? That's because the word Rabb is the fundamental term of authority between us and Allah. If the word Allah is the fundamental term for worship. Because al-ibadah lillah. Right? The fundamental term for authority with Allah, al-ubudiyah lil-rab. Ubudiyah, slavery is to the rab. فَهُنَكَ rab وَهُنَكَ abd. You're forgetting that you're a slave. You better watch these guidelines and you better put your feelings in check under Allah's guidelines for this relationship. وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ رَبَّكُمْ You know, the marriage contract is not something light. In Islam, Allah calls it مِثَاقًا غَلِيظًا وَأَخَذْنَا مِنْكُمْ مِثَاقًا غَلِيظًا In Surah An-Nisa. Women have taken from you an intense, strong, tough covenant. A contract. Mithaq, by the way, means when both parties knows exa- know exactly what they're getting into. That's the same term for contract used for prophets when they delivered the message of Islam. Allah took a contract from prophets that they will deliver the message of Islam. That contract is also called Mithaq. The contract we took from Allah before we came to this earth that we're going to be His slaves is also called mithaq. وَقَدْ أَخَذَ مِثَاقَكُمْ Your mithaq has already been taken. That same word is used when Allah talks about the marriage contract. That qubul, whether you did it in Punjabi or Urdu or English, you know, do you accept? I accept. قَبِلْتُ قَبِلْتَ قَبِلْتُ 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 That, those few words, mithaqan غَلِيظًا it's a divine contract now. So breaking that contract has very specific laws, regulations. And you cannot mess around with them. You know, people often, like if you go to like, uh, for fun, if you go to like fiqh websites, like askthesheikh.us or AU, like Australia or just weird sites. Like, there's not a website, I made that up. But anyway, so you go to these websites and you look at the most common questions. Oh, I got in a fight with my wife and I said, talaq, 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 talaq. I said, forget three, I'll do 30. You know, or I said it three times. Does that mean it's done? Because I feel really bad. I didn't really mean it. Is three one? Is one three? Not going to answer that question. I can't. But I will tell you this. This happened in the Prophet's time. This happened in the Prophet's time. A sahabi gave divorce to his wife, said talaq three times in one row. Even though Allah says, اَطَّلَاقُ مَرَّتَانِ Revocable divorce is twice. Divorce that can be taken back is twice. He says three times, which means it's done. Or he thinks it's done, right? And then he comes back, which is, you know, 
what should I do? Is there a, some sort of you know, penalty I can pay or something? Or can we make that count as once? Because I didn't really mean it. Allah's Messenger says, Allah's book is being toyed with, and I'm still among you. I'm, I'm still among you, and Allah's, be, Allah's book is being toyed with. So whether that's legitimate or not is not the question. The Prophet's response should be enough, وسلم, for Muslims to understand. That education needs to be there. Whoever says that three times should know that the Prophet's own reaction, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, is you are toying with the book of Allah. It is offensive to Allah and His Messenger, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So, rabbakum, la min buyutihinna. Don't take them out of their homes. Subhanallah, al balagha fil kalam. Lam yaqul la min buyutikum, ma zalat buyutahunna. He didn't say to them, don't take them out of your homes. He said, don't take them out of their homes. Because until it's finalized, it's still their homes. <laughs> until it's done, it's still their homes. And if the wife is smart, you know, maybe they got into a fight and he's got like temper issues, but she knows it wears off. Sometimes wives know their husbands really, really well. And if he's got like issues, she knows how to calm him down, like a, like a good paratha like some good baklawa, or she you know, puts on the, his favorite dress or something, or his pe- favorite perfume, and she's just walking by, and he's like... <laughs> it's her home, so she can be as she is. She can calm down, and he'll be like, well, you know, I was kind of over angry. Can we just talk or something? Things will calm down. Think that, so that, that time period is given because the farther you're apart, when you're apart from each other, you make more assumptions about each other. This happens in friendships. This definitely happens in marriage. The less time husband and wife spend with each, with each other, the lo- lower their tolerance gets for each other. Like if you're busy all day and you see each other just at night for like 10 minutes, then your entire frustrations of the day are let out in those 10 minutes towards each other. And each is thinking, I haven't seen you all day and this is what I get? This is what you have to give me? And then the rest of the day, the next 23 hours and 50 minutes, you're just thinking about what you, were talk- you, you went through for 10 minutes. And that aggression is building. So and the, if the, if the you know, aggression is built to a point where divorce is happening, he said, I, don't, I no longer want to be married to you. And he says, talaq to her. Then don't take her out of the house, don't take her out of her own house, She's around, she gets to be in his proximity, and hopefully things can calm down. Now there are two kinds of, in my opinion, this is not a fiqhi thing, it's a sociological thing, I could be entirely wrong. But in my opinion, there are two kinds of divorce. There's an emotional divorce, and there is an intellectual divorce. An emotional divorce is, you got really angry, heated the moment, you said something stupid, and you regret it. So, you know, you're just high strung, and you just, you didn't really mean it, and... That's why the provision of you being able to take it back is there. But then there is, over time, you've come to understand that both of you just are not compatible. You're not a bad, she's not evil, you're not evil. It's just you have two different kinds of lives, you're just not compatible with each other, things aren't working out to the best of your ability. You know, this is the kind of, kind of the, the Zainab situation, radiallahu anha, right? This is, this is sort of that situation. And, and Zayd radiallahu anhu. It's not an emotional thing. He doesn't hate her. They're just not compatible. It's not working. He's trying to make it work. They're both trying to make it work. It's just not clicking. And that's possible. It is possible. And somebody might say, how can that be if Allah made the pairs? Allah didn't say Allah made the permanent pairs. Even the sun and the moon are going to crash one day. Right? Allah made them pairs, but they're not going to be anymore. Everything has a deadline. And every experience we go through in life is a part of a lesson. We're not supposed to be mentally prepared for divorce. We're not supposed to talk about divorce among each other. Like, hey, so if we get divorced, I'll probably move to like a cooler city and do this. No, no, no. If you don't have problems, don't bring it up. Getting educated in it does not mean you discuss it. You know, things to discuss with the spouse, by the way, death. Death is something to discuss with the spouse. The custody of the children after you're gone is something to discuss with the spouse. Taking care of her parents or your parents is something to discuss with the spouse. But divorce isn't. Divorce isn't. 
you don't, you know, just because Allah has left that option open, doesn't mean we casually discuss it. It's not something that we should casually discuss. Anyhow, don't take them out of their homes. And they shouldn't leave themselves. I'm leaving. No, they shouldn't come out. Except if they've committed or if they commit an open act of shamelessness, meaning they've cheated on their husband and it's open and clear and there's no ambiguity about it, there's no doubt about it whatsoever. That's why the word mubina, which is usually used, is not even enough. Mubayyina, taf'il, is to hyperbolize it. Absolutely clear act of indecency, of, you know, uh, of infidelity to the husband. Something absolutely, absolutely clear. Now some ulama look at the word fahisha and think of it as zina as I tried to explain in my translation just now. Other ulama look at the word fahisha and think of it as any lewd, indecent behavior, any major, major crime, because fahisha literally is, is something that is the antithesis of decency. Anything that's not decent is fahish. Okay? So if they become really inappropriate, like they start, you know, you know, uh, 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 filling the children's ears with poison, or they start, you know, violating your parents' rights in a very terrible way, and all kinds of like, all kinds of crazy things they start doing, then, okay, yeah, maybe you should leave. Because you staying here is creating more problems. It's not making things better. The purpose of holding them back, the purpose of the woman staying back, is maybe there's room for reconciliation. Maybe something can be worked out. Okay? وَتِلْكَ حُدُودُ اللَّهِ and those are the bounds set by Allah. وَمَنْ يَتَعَدَّ حُدُودَ اللَّهِ And whoever crosses the, the limits, the, the, the boundaries set by Allah, فَقَدْ ظَلَمَ نَفْسَهُ Then he's only wronged himself. You see, when the husband sometimes, he holds the, the, the wife back, but not for the purpose of reconciliation. This is talked about in Baqarah. وَلَا تُمْسِكُهُنَّ دِرَارًا لِتَعْتَدُوا Don't hold them back, just so you can hurt them. No, 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 no. Divorce, yes, you can go. But I have a shari'i period where you have to stay in the house and let me get my fill of psychological and physical torture out of you first. So he's only holding her back so he can get his grudge out. And he can you know, abuse her psychologically even more. That's, again, toying with the law of Allah. Allah says, you think you're hurting somebody else. You're not hurting anybody else. You're only digging your hole deeper. فَقَدْ ظَلَمَ نَفْسَهُ He's only wronging himself. لَا تَدْرِي you don't know. Perhaps Allah, after that, is going to create a new situation. implies, okay, so the divorce is done, and you know, you're in that period, and possibly Allah might create new feelings inside you, and you might just be like never before. You might start fresh. I personally believe that human beings are capable of fresh starts. That's my personal belief. I believe that because Allah has the institution of tawbah. The most intimate relationship human beings are ever going to have is with Allah. And Allah gives human beings a chance to start with that fresh. No matter how big your rap sheet of crimes is, with tawbah it can all, be, it can all disappear, and you can go from Umar the great criminal to Umar bin al-Khattab radiallahu anhu al-Faruq, in Ashar al-Mubashara, right? He, he can become that. Human beings have the ability to turn around. And if that most sacred relationship can turn, be turned around, then I don't believe there's any relationship that's beyond repair. Any relationship can be repaired. The issue with repair is two things. It's caution. On the one hand, you have to be careful not to fall into the same traps. To recognize I've gone down this road before. I should recognize before I'm a mile deep that, I sh- that I've gone. One step in and you should, no, 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 no i got to pull back. I know where this road leads. Right? So you could you identify and take caution of your behavior. That's taqwa, caution. On the other hand, there's optimism. And optimism is rooted in the, in our relationship with Allah, our optimism is rooted in the term tawakkul. I told you one of the fundamental terms that comes up in, the, in matters of divorce is taqwa. The second one is tawakkul, trust in Allah. Because without trust in Allah, you can't be optimistic. Things are going to get better. And you know what? When people are have, a, have a fight and they say, okay, okay, let's make up. Let's not fight again. Inshallah, we'll never do this again. But in the, mind, in the back of the mind of the husband and the wife, eh, chances are. I mean, we've done this how many times already? I'm pretty sure we're going to do this again. This is a lack of tawakkul. 
There's a lack of tawakkul that Allah really can turn the hearts and change them entirely. You know? We, there, there is such a thing as being emotionally scarred. There is such a thing. But there's also a ch- such a thing as divine healing that human beings can't even understand. That's something Allah gives. And if, and if we have tawakkul in Allah, Allah gives it. And you're able to have a fresh start. There are many instances where one, one talaq was given. One talaq was given. And after one talaq was given, Allah put something in their hearts and they realized how bad it would be. And they, they got, the husband and wife got back together and they've, been, they've never been happier. I'm not saying that's a formula. <laughs> but it can happen. It can happen. You know, one of the things that um, the Christian community is far ahead of us in is marriage counseling and marriage sermons. They're far ahead of us. This is something we have far more teachings on and they have far more concern in. It saddens me. Because if you, listen, if you tune into like Christian talk radio, which I do, there are entire day-long programs dedicated to healthy marriages. Dedicated to what the husband can do for the wife, what the wife can do for the husband. There was a church I went by in Grapevine somewhere. Driving, they've got a huge banner that says, Man versus. It says, Man versus flesh, food, entertainment, beer. <laughs> and they're doing a whole day, like week-long thing of how, how are men supposed to combat their temptations and wife, kids, like they had a whole thing. And this is something, I, I admire the, their concern for these things, but I pity them also because they don't have the kind of guidance we have on these things. We have prophetic guidance on this stuff, but we don't go out of our way to educate our community in it. We don't. And this is a serious problem. Understand that this cluster of surahs are about what makes the Muslim community as a whole weak and how they're supposed to be raised again. That's what I told you in the beginning. Surah Al-Munafiqoon, one of the biggest problems of the community. The fruits of Iman, Iman being weak. Surah Al-Taghabun, Surah Al-Hadid, us losing sight of what we're supposed to be sent for on this earth. Surah Al-Saf, the domination of this deed. Surah Al-Jum'ah, the methodology of the Prophet All these surahs are about how do we become a strong community. And at the end, the climax is supposed to be, okay, all right, all right. You know, like at the end of the convention, you have the big speech about the big grand vision. Allah says, no, at the end of this entire thing, you have the building block, marriage itself. It's supposed to be a huge concern in the Muslim community. And you know one of the things we haven't educated ourselves in? What's life like after divorce? People think of divorce as, I got problems right now, the solution must be divorce. They haven't given thought to, what's divorce life like? What is that like? What does that do emotionally to someone? We talk to people that have gone through it. Have you seen kids that are, you know, that are, that are uh, uh, you know, of divorced parents? What their life is like? How they feel about it? You don't, we don't weigh all the options before we choose this route. You know, مَن نَظَرَ فِي الْعَوَاقِبِ سَلِمَ مِنَ النَّوَائِبِ فَلَا نَنْظُرْ فِي الْعَوَاقِبِ We don't look at the consequences. That's an education in and of itself. To learn from those who've, who've treaded down this path already. So, فَإِذَا بَلَغْنَ أَجَلَهُنَّ then when they do complete their deadline, they reach their deadline period, that, you know, ثَلَاثَةَ قُرُوءَ as Surah Al-Baqarah mentions is over. فَأَمْسِكُهُنَّ بِمَعْرُوفٍ Then hold them back in a decent way. If you're going to not let them go, then hold them back with بِمَعْرُوفٍ in a way that everybody knows to be decent. The word ma'roof is very powerful. Because that means that there are standards that everybody knows are decent standards for taking care of your wife, taking care of husband. And you have to live by those standards, not your own personal standards. You see what happens in marriages, in abusive marriages, or in failing marriages, the husband develops his own standards of what is good and what is bad. And the wife has her own sometimes delusional standard of what is good and what is bad. Well, I don't think I disrespect you. Really? You don't think you disrespect me. But you ask your own mother. Ask anybody else. I don't, don't ask me. Ask anybody else. What, is what you say disrespectful? Is it ma'roof that your behavior is not disrespectful? No, it's only ma'roof to you. لا أحد آخر يعرف. You know, ma'roof means there are set universal standards of behavior. And if you're going to hold them back, you have to live up to those standards. You can't say, well, I have my own, my own way of dealing with it. أو فارقوهن بمعروف Or part each other. Part them. 
and part them in a way that's decent, have a respectable divorce. Surah Al-Baqarah even dedicates ayat about the, when you let the wife go, give her gifts, give her something, make, know that you have to be united before Allah is slaves on judgment day anyway. You know? So just know that you're dealing with a slave of Allah and you yourself are a slave of Allah and the good and the bad you do to each other is answer, you're answerable to Allah for, right? So that should, derive, that should drive the way in which you get divorced. So the, the, the act of marriage is a ibadah. And the act of divorce with ihsan is also a ibadah. You can't forget that that's happening by Allah's guidelines. And you have to think about it in that way. And this is where most people forget. When it comes to divorce, families get involved, people get involved, you know, cousins get involved. Husband and wife, their friends get involved. And the first thing to go is consciousness that this is, you know, Allah has guidelines for this. Allah has guidelines for this. فَارِقُهُنَّ بِمَعْرُوفِ And you know, with husband and wife that are divorced, they can't even see each other. They can't tolerate each other. Don't even say her name. Two. That sort of thing. That's not ma'roof. You parted ways. That just means you couldn't be husband and wife anymore. That doesn't mean she's not the mother of your children. That doesn't mean she's, a, she's not a respectable human being or he's not a respectable human being. You know, Religious people, religious, knowledgeable people, that if you look at them and you say, MashaAllah, these people are serious. They get divorced and their emails are full of cuss words and this and that. And you just like, wow, what, why are you studying Qur'an? Why are you learning this stuff? When this is your behavior, what's the point of all of it? You know, it just there's no connection between what we learn and how we behave. Wa ashhidu adlin. I recited it incorrectly. Wa ashhidu adlin minkum. And make two people that are fair, possessors of fairness, make them witnesses among you. This is if they're available. And the idea is that the husband and the wife don't go. No, he did divorce me. I'm not going back. At least have a couple of witnesses. Just so, and p- fair people. You know, not her friends that are going to say, yeah, he did. Yeah, oh, yes, he did. No, not his friends that are just going to back him up unnecessarily. Fair people. Bring them in on the conversation and then do it. And establish testimony for the sake of Allah. This is a kind of testimony like a testimony in court. So if you're called to testify that this actually happened, then the people that are going to be witness better stand up and say the right thing. thing. That is the counsel being given to you, and that is the thing with which you are being given counsel, this advice. Whoever of you would have believed in Allah in the last day. Madani surah, we all believe in Allah in the last day. But Allah says, your real test of who will, how will you practically know you have iman in Allah in the last day, when despite your biases and your hatred and your anger, you're, supposed, you're able to stand by what's right. You're able to stand by your testimony. وَمَنْ يَتَّقِ اللَّهِ يَجْعَلْ لَهُ مَخْرَجًا And whoever would maintain taqwa of Allah, whoever would maintain their caution of Allah, Allah will make, Allah would then make a way out for them. Makhraj is a dharf. Like kharaja yakhruju, a dharfu minhu, makhrajun wa makhrijun wa makhrajatun. Right? A way out, an exit for them. Meaning people that are getting divorced feel like they're stuck. Who's going to help them now? They're all alone now. There's no way for them now. You know? Allah says, you maintain taqwa. And this is beautiful because it's not just said, oh, whoever has taqwa, Allah will make a way out for them. It's actually an if and then statement. It's a kalam sharti. So you have, وَمَنْ يَتَّقِ اللَّهِ شَرْط يَجْعَلْ majzum. It's not يَجْعَلُ It's يَجْعَلْ In that case, if you really do have taqwa of Allah, in that case, then Allah will make a way out for that person. وَيَرْزُقْهُ Notice يَرْزُقْ is also majzum. And in that case, Allah will provide him. In that case, Allah will provide him. Allah is letting us know that rizq is not just mal. In this case, divorce, part of your rizq is your spouse. Husband and wife is a form of rizq for each other. And that is a loss. Some, you know, if if, if uh, things we're provisioned with are things that when we don't have, we feel they're lost. And husband and wife are absolutely something you feel the, the loss of. You go through a depression if you're in that position. يَرْزُقْهُ Allah says, if you can maintain taqwa of Allah, whoever would do so, in that case, Allah would provision them. مِنْ حَيْثُ لَا يَحْتَسِبُ From where he couldn't even imagine. And since the, the, the ayat are open-ended, 
in the context of divorce, but the language is still general, this is a general principle. Taqwa of Allah is a condition for a raise or finding a job or opening up a business and making it successful. Because whoever has taqwa of Allah, not only will Allah make a way out for them, He'll start providing them from where? Min haythu, from a place. La yahtasibu. He couldn't even imagine. He couldn't have calculated it. He couldn't have had any projections that money will come from that direction. Or income will come from that direction. Or income will come from that direction. Yarzukhu min haythu la yahtasib. Subhanallah, this, this is something that a believer will try and test. And the dalil of it is going to be in his own life. The proof of this is not in books. The proof of this is in a person's life. When somebody has taqwa, and they start something, and Allah opens doors that they couldn't even imagine, then you realize, subhanAllah. وَيَرْزُقْهُ مِنْ حَيْثُ لَا يَحْتَسِدُ You know, إِنَّ وَعَدَ اللَّهِ حَقُّ وَمَنْ يَتَوَكَّلْ عَلَى اللَّهِ And whoever would have trust in Allah, again, conditional statement, how do I know it's conditional? Because of the sukoon. وَمَنْ يَتَوَكَّلْ عَلَى اللَّهِ فَجَوَابَ الشَّرْطِ here, فَهُوَ حَسْبُهُ Then he is enough for him. What a beautiful statement. Because Allah says, Allah, Allah didn't just say Allah is enough for you. Allah is enough for a person. Allah says Allah is only enough for the person who truly relies on Him. You see, if you don't have reliance on Allah, then you're gonna, your life is going to be full of complaints. This is my problem. This isn't going right. This isn't going well. I have no hope in the future. I'm so pessimistic. Why would my future be any different from my past? You know, you're... Track is set, but now tawakkul is mentioned. Why? First taqwa and then tawakkul, right? Taqwa was your behavior now. Tawakkul is how Allah has a bright future ahead for you. فَوَمَنْ يَتَوَكَّلْ عَلَى اللَّهِ فَهُوَ حَسْبُهُ Then Allah is enough for him. إِنَّ اللَّهَ بَالِغُ أَمْرِهِ I'll give you a figurative translation for that. No doubt Allah will see his matter through. بَالِغُ أَمْرِهِ بَلَغَ To reach something. Allah will make sure whatever his decisions are, whatever his issues are, Allah will see them through till the end. قَدْ جَعَلَ اللَّهُ لِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدْرًا Allah has set a calculation, a measure for all things. كَمَا يَقُولْ كُلْ شَيْءٍ عِنْدَهُ بِمِقْدَارٍ Everything with Him is in some a precise measure. What you're supposed to get has already been calculated. وَلَّا مِنَ الْمَحِيضِ And the women that have lost hope in having the, the period, the period of impurity, meaning women of an older age that have menopause, or sometimes physically there are women that are of the age to get married, but they're not, they don't have the periods yet. So they get divorced, and they're not getting the, the cycles, and the cycle of Thalathat Quru is roughly three months with the periods counted. But if they don't have that situation biologically, among your women, min nisa'ikum, in irtabtum fa'iddatuhunna thalathatu ashar, if you're in doubt about it, if you're not sure, then their period is going to be three exact months. So that's the exception given for women that don't have regular cycles at a monthly basis. You know, my mom's a pediatrician, my mother-in-law is a pediatrician, and she tells me, you know, some women get them once in six months. There are rare cases where women get them once a year, once in two months. It's not regular. The average, for, the average woman gets it once a month, but there are some that have different cycles. Some women don't have it until they're, you know, 22, 23. Others when they're 18, others when they're 14. It's different for different women, you know. Not all creation of Allah is the same. So if, if they're in the exceptional category, then three, three months. Then three months. وَاللَّا لَمْ يَحِضْنَا And the women that, uh, uh, that didn't have uh, uh, any periods, وَأُولَاتُ الْأَحْمَالِ And they're carrying children, they're carrying loads, meaning they became pregnant. أَجَلُهُنَّ أَنْ يَضَعْنَا حَمْلَهُنَّ Then their deadline, meaning to, be, to leave the home, is that they'll deliver their child. وَمَنْ يَتَّقِ اللَّهِ يَجْعَلْ لَهُ مِنْ أَمْرِهِ يُسْرًا And whoever would have taqwa of Allah, uh, Allah would then, out of his decision, Allah will make ease for him. You see, a woman is pregnant, she can't be taken out of the house, her stomach's getting bigger and bigger, her life is getting tougher and tougher and tougher. If the, if the guy's got an ounce of a heart left in there, he's going to see this woman going through difficulty, you know, throwing up for his child, I can't eat food, you know, just by herself. How long is he going to get mad, stay mad at her? And by the way, if he stays mad at her, good for her, she should leave. What kind of guy? You don't want to be with that guy. That doesn't even feel mercy for you after you're pregnant. And after you're about to deliver a child. So yeah, then leave. But otherwise, stay back. And he'll take you back. Because, it was, okay, no. I'm, I'm, I was sorry, I was angry. Or even though you were wrong, doesn't matter. I, let's start over again. Doesn't matter. Okay? That is the command of Allah. 
anzalahu ilaykum that he sent down to you wa man yattaqillah yukaffir anhu sayyi'atihi whoever would have taqwa taqwa of allah allah would par- bury away from him his sin his sins yukaffir anhu sayyi'atihi now allah is mentioning the akhirah so far the benefits of taqwa were rizq over here ease of decision making allah will ease your matter now allah says the ultimate benefit of taqwa that your sins will be forgiven and in this context we can argue that sins which are general all kinds of sins the easiest kinds of sins the immediate sins that are being talked about are the ones that happen between husband and wife were the most casual with family and within family perhaps between husband and wife were the most casual where we we watch what we're going to say the least so the feelings that are hurt probably are hurt the most between the husband and the wife the room for sayyiat there is much wider than anywhere else just like the room for hasanat there is much wider than anybody anywhere else you know when the prophet says wa ana khairum minkum li ahli i am the best of you to my family that's a that's an incredible compliment to the messenger ali satu samin a huge sunnah that he's the best to his family of all the people he deals with he deals with his family the best way can you imagine we have guests come over we clean up the house we put better clothes on you know we we wash up we cook different food than we food we give to each other we change our behavior cousins are coming over for eid you make preparations you're better to them husband goes to the office he smiles at the secretary how's your morning it was good great great to hear he's nice to everybody except the wife except the wife she doesn't get that she said you know he comes home how's your dad i don't want to talk about it it's a long day he'd never say that to the secretary at the office he could tell his wife wife the same way these are sayyiat they can pile up the messenger says he's the best to his family the best to his family subhanallah that's not easy that's easy to say like just say it in a khutbah just say the line say the hadith and move on <laughs> but what that actually means is a very heavy obligation allah says then allah whoever would have taqwa of allah allah will bury away his sins his mistakes his grave mistakes wa yu'zim lahu ajra and will immediately grant aggrandize magnify the reward for him askinu hunna min haythu sakantum keep them stationed keep them at home from the same in the same place where you live min wujdikum in whatever you found meaning so you know min wujdikum whatever's found with you from wujdan it's the mustar what this means is keep them at home and don't say you go to the cellar because we're divorced now i have a basement you know and i'll throw a sheet down you can just lay it down on the dirt and just sleep over there because you're not you're no we're no longer officially married or we're in this this period in the middle so you know that bedroom's no longer for you no min haythu sakantum for exactly where you live in whatever you found now imagine the guy is not very rich he doesn't have a three bedroom house two bedroom house five bedroom house he's got one bedroom apartment and she's in the idda period you know and one room is taken up by the children and he doesn't have two beds he's got one bed he's got one bed so now they got two blankets and they're sleeping like back to each other how long before they ease up how long and then she's like oh, okay and he just turned around and he goes ah she just goes ah you want some water or something that's it this is a wisdom of allah keep them where you are min haythu sakantum so that tensions go away wala tudarruhunna and don't harm each don't harm them litudayyiqu alayhinna so life can make you can make life tight around them dayyaqa is to make things tight for somebody to squeeze somebody meaning the guy is a total jerk he wants to keep her but he wants to make her life miserable before he lets her go like i was mentioning before so what does he do he says yeah she can stay where i stay but i'm going to make sure that her life becomes so miserable in these few months that after these months are done she leaves on her own but if somebody comes and asks me why did you kick her out i'm going to say no 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 she left on her own ask her she left i didn't kick her out but you made life so intolerable for her that she left Allah says don't play that game li tudayyiqu alayhinna 
and if they were in fact carrying children, they were pregnant, then spend on them until they bear the child. Uh, until they, they drop their load, meaning they bear the child. And if they're breastfeeding for you now, so you're no longer married. That once, they, you know, fed, once the child is delivered, the divorce is complete. So you're no longer married. So now if they're going to feed your child, then this is a service out of their way that they're providing for you. Now think naturally in the natural world. A mother feeding her child is not a favor to anybody else. That's an act of the mother to her child. She doesn't get paid for that. But Islam provided a social security to divorced women to the point where even that most natural of acts, like women that, that you know, start getting milk, if they don't feed their child, they have pain. Like they have to feed their child. You know? And Allah says, if they do feed your child, then you have to pay them. Pay them then. Because that's your child. And you're still responsible for his feeding. Because you're, as head of the household, you're responsible for the finances, which includes feeding. And even if she's feeding him naturally, that doesn't take away from the fact that that was your financial responsibility. So since the food is coming from her body, you will, feed, you will, you will you know, pay her. You have to pay her money for feeding. Now, give them their compensation and come to a decision among yourselves. Usually, timar is used for you know, a, a, a tough decision. From Amr. For Amr. Ta'amara. Ta'amara is to plot or to plan something where two parties have already come to an agreement before they even met. Itamara, however, is there's a back and forth before the decision is reached. So if the al versus tafa'ul, there's a little difference in the in the root amr, right? Allah adds bi ma'roof. When you're negotiating, what should you be paid? Well, for every day that I feed this child, I want a thousand dollars. I want two thousand dollars per day. That's what I want. So she comes up with a, you know, a ridiculous figure. Or he says, okay, okay, a quarter for every month. A quor- you know, I'll give you like 25 cents because I'm feeling a little generous this month. So for four months, I'll give you a whole shiny new dollar. You know, crisp from the bank. We'll do that. وَإِن تَعَاسَرْتُمْ If you're giving each other a hard time, from usr. If you're, if when the negotiations are happening and you're giving each other a hard time, you're not able to come to some some kind of agreement. Then somebody else will provide. Somebody else will provide the milk for him. Meaning you'll have to find a wet nurse or somebody else. If you can't work with her, if you can't meet her demands, and you're giving each other a hard time, then outsource it. That's it. That's how it's going to have to be. So that the one who has means should spend out of his means. And whoever's finances have been tightened, whoever Allah has you know, put a calculation on his rizq, means Allah has put a, a limit on his rizq. You see on the one hand, Without any calculation, without any audit. On the other hand, when things get tight, Allah says his rizq has been made tightened. You know, His risk has been calculated, meaning restricted. فَالْيُنْفِقْ Then he should spend From whatever Allah has given him. لَا يُكَلِّفُ اللَّهُ نَفْسًا إِلَّا مَا أَتَاهَا Allah has not given anybody except, any, loaded anybody with a burden except for what he gave them. إِلَّا مَا Meaning what they've been given. سَيَجْعَلُ اللَّهُ بَعْدَ عُسْرٍ يُسْرًا Allah will make after the difficult time, He will produce a time of ease. This also means after the divorce is done and life is hard, Allah will find a way to make life easy again. And Allah has promised that to those who get divorced among the believing community, if they maintain Allah's taqwa, that their life will become easier. You know, uh, for the, from the Indo-Pak subcontinent, for instance, uh, divorce in the Hindu tradition is worse than death. So your husband leaving you, is you're worthless. You're worthless. As a woman, you're worthless. And because Muslims, when we came to India, we unfortunately took on some practices of Hindu mythology and culture, uh, and we brought them into our family life, you know, lifestyles. And part of that was, if a woman gets divorced, she is black, and she can't even hang out with girls that aren't married because the virus might spread. You know, like she's, she's completely ostracized from community. 
It's the most humiliating thing to be divorced. It's this, this horrible, horrible thing. This is one extreme. I'll share with you another extreme. In the other extreme, there are communities in the United States that came to Islam maybe decades ago, not centuries ago, decades ago. And their lifestyle was very Western before they came to Islam. And what I mean by a Western lifestyle is there was a lot of dating and a lot of breaking up. Right? So men and women are dating, they a couple of months, they get tired of each other, they break up, new relationship, new relationship, new relationship, and they're just they have lots of relationships. And in those communities, divorce is as easy as breaking up. You get into a fight, I'm breaking up with you, you get into one argument, and what? Divorce is done. And so you'll have this crazy situation where, where divorce is as common as like sneezing. <laughs> and, on the, and it's no big deal, so what? And on the other hand, you have divorce, which is like the, the black plague. It's death. There's a healthy balance in between. Divorce is not the end of somebody's life. It, they're still human beings. And just because they got divorced doesn't mean they were bad people. Doesn't mean they were bad people. Getting divorced is not committing a crime. And, it, and you don't know the situation. They could be the abuser, they could be the abused, and it could be neither was the abuser. And it could be both were the abusers. You don't know. So sure, if somebody's looking to get married to somebody who's previously divorced, by the way, the majority of the Prophet's wives, save Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, were previously divorced. Allah's Messenger in his wisdom left that sunnah because he knew that is going to be a need of the ummah. That's going to be a need. Those women should not be blacklisted. Those women should not be, you know, kept to the sides. So, the, you know, if that's going to happen, we have to get over that stigma. We have to accept that as a reality. And the, if Sahaba can get divorced, that means righteousness has nothing to do with it. Iman has nothing to do with it. Sometimes people just aren't compatible. In our times, mashallah, righteousness has a lot to do with it. You have messed up people pretending to be righteous, Getting, divorced, getting married to a good girl, or vice versa, and then only after marriage you find out you're, you're married to a monster. And then you get divorced. And you get divorced within two months, three months. I blame parents more in that situation than anybody else. And I also blame you know, stupid youth who don't do a proper investigation or are too goo-goo-gaga-eyed to actually think about what they're getting into. You're not dating somebody. It's, it's, marriage is not the Islamic equivalent of dating, halal dating. It's not. Marriage is starting a family. You have to investigate. Who is this person? How were they raised? What are their attitudes towards their own parents? That'll tell you a lot about what kind of family values they have. How do they take care of their siblings? How selfish are they? How responsible are they? You know, have they worked before? The, the guy, has he worked before? A day in his life. Has he worked? Where has he worked? Who are his friends? Who does he hang out with? What are his hobbies? And don't just email the guy and say, what's your favorite color? Me too, I love purple also. No. Who cares? You could be colorblind. But it's character you have to look for. Character testimony. And that, that's at the, at the heart of it. When that doesn't happen, of course divorce is going to happen. Divorce is so common in the Muslim community now. And then we've created this like vicious impression of what divorce is, Right? So there are girls, Western, Western raised, went to high school in America, went to college in America, open mind, but Muslim family, got married, and they're in this nasty relationship, and they're scared to get divorced because what, what are my parents going to say? Even though they're in an abusive relationship. Because we close the door that Allah opened. Allah says, وَمَنْ يَتَّقِ اللَّهِ مَخْرَجًا If the marriage is going to produce fitna, it's going to produce abuse, it's going to produce sin, and you're better off without each other. And if you think you can change your ways, well, Allah gave you a period to get your stuff sorted out. And if you've gone through two of those cycles and you can't sort things out, then you know what? Just move on with life. That's it. You know? This is not something I say lightly. I don't endorse divorce. I, nobody likes divorce. But if we're living in a time where abuse in marriages is so rampant, then we have to have a mature conversation. We really, you know, the, the ummah needs one. Subhanallah. How many towns have there been that were arrogant and out of their arrogance they disobeyed? Ata to 
to disobey out of pride. Who, who out of pride disobeyed the command of their master and their messengers and his messengers. Allah brings and fahasabnaha hisaban shadidan, then we brought them to account with an with a, an intense audit, and we tortured them with an unknown kind of punishment and an evil, unfamiliar punishment. They didn't even know what that was. Allah is talking about the destruction of towns like He talks about in Makki Quran. Why in the middle of a surah of divorce, nations are being destroyed? Nations are being destroyed because of arrogant disobedience. That's the crime here. Atat an amri rabbiha. Underline those words and you understand why it's being mentioned. Entire nations were annihilated because of the attitude you are showing without taqwa and without tawakkul in your, in your divorce process. You realize what you're doing. Fadaqat wabala amriha. Then those towns tasted the consequences of their decisions. Wakana aqibatu amriha khusra. And the final outcome of their decision, all of those towns' decisions, was ultimate loss. Allah has prepared intense punishment for them. Then have taqwa of Allah, people of sound minds, people that can think clearly. That on top of that, on top of having blessed intellects, you believed. Allah has sent a reminder to you. This is Allah's way of reminding you. This ya ulil albab is a beautiful phrase in the Quran. People that can think clearly. Allah is saying, do you realize what I just said? Have you given thought to what I just said? I was just talking about divorce, and then I told you how I destroy nations. Just be, caught, be careful who you're dealing with. Rasulan yatlu alaykum ayatillah. A messenger, meaning that Allah has sent a reminder to you. Now by the way, when you think of reminder, what do you think of? And when you, Allah talks about reminder. The idea of reminder itself. It's Qur'an. In huwa illa dhikrun. But look at the ataf bayan of dhikran. Dhikran rasulan. The reminder Allah has sent happens to be a messenger. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Meaning that the Qur'an and the messenger are inseparable. They are inseparable. Yatlu alaykum ayatillah. He recites unto you the miracles of Allah. So the surah even began with the highlighting of the Prophet. And it's ending, subhanAllah, highlighting the Prophet The ahkam are of Allah, but they have to be delivered through the Prophet. You can't undermine his role. Allah could just say, nisa. You know? He could just begin that, Ya ayyuhan nabi, nisa. Again at the end, dhikran, ma huwa dhikr? Rasulan yatlu alaykum ayatillah mubayyinatin. A messenger that recites unto you, reads unto you the miracles of Allah, the divine revelations of Allah that have been made abundant or that are abundantly clear and clarifying, that clarify thoroughly. The combination of both of these things becomes dhikr. So that he can bring out those who believe and do good deeds from darknesses into light. What a beautiful addition. Usually, Adatan Yaqul subhanahu wa ta'ala. لِيُخْرِجَ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا مِنَ الظُّلُمَاتِ إِلَى النُّورِ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا You know, عَلَى وَجْهٍ آخَرٍ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا قَالُوا هُنَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَ أَضَافْ فِي الْكَلَامِ عَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَ لماذا؟, لماذا؟ Why did he just not mention, oh, so Allah can take the believers out of darkness into light? No, those who believe and do good deeds. Look, you already have iman, but you better behave in the way the surah is asking you. Then yes. I'll bring you out of darknesses into light. وَمَنْ يُؤْمِن بِاللَّهِ وَيَعْمَلْ صَالِحًا And whoever would believe in Allah and act righteously, يُدْخِلْهُ جَنَّاتٍ تَجْرِي مِنْ تَحْتِهَا الْأَنْهَارِ خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا أَبَدًا Allah would then enter, conditional response, would then enter them, اللهم جعلنا منهم, enter him into multiple gardens, at the bottoms of which rivers flow. It's beautiful because Allah says, يُدْخِلْهُ جَنَّاتٍ He's singular, the gardens are plural. So Allah welcomes you into your first garden. You're like, wow, this is awesome. But then Allah says, hold on. See that gate? Go to your next garden. <laughs> At the bottoms of each river's flow. In which they will remain permanently. Allah has definitely perfected Allah has definitely excelled 
in providing for him. Meaning the ultimate risk is in the Akhirah. You see in this surah, you've lost some risk. But the ultimate risk is in the Akhirah. Allah is the one who created seven skies and from the earth, مثلهن, the likes of them. In other words, there are seven earths. This is from the Mutashabihat. The decision of Allah, the, the command descends among them, through them. In, uh, um, uh, among them. So that you may know that Allah is in complete control over all things. In situations of divorce, people feel like they're not, things aren't in their control anymore. Or they want to control things. Why aren't things working the way I want them to work? The Amr comes in the end from Allah. And Allah is in control of all things. And Allah already, no doubt, Allah is the one that in fact has already encircled, enveloped all things in terms of knowledge. So that brings us to the conclusion of Surah Talaq, Alhamdulillah. And after the break, we'll start Surah Tahrim. Barakallahu li walakum fil Quran al-Hakim. Wa nafa'ni wa iyaakum bil ayati wa dhikr al-Hakim. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.